Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia and I'm um, I'm here, back here on a weekend to, with a very special episode of Mind Podcast. I say special because um, this week was a very unique week. Um, normally, we'll have two or three topics that we'll discuss. Uh, you'll have something. But then midway through the week, um, there was a dastardly attack on the CRPF. Um, in Pulwama, Jammu and Kashmir. So we wanted to have an all-encompassing discussion on the attack, what happened, the aftermath, the strategic implications and stuff like that. And we have an excellent guest to an excellent guest to talk about that. With me is um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Manish Jaitley, who is a retired army officer. He retired as a Lieutenant Colonel after serving for more than 20 years in the Indian Army. Most of his military service was in Jammu and Kashmir. So he is familiar with the area. So, you know, we'll, we would love to get his perspective on this. He's also served in the, on the, in the CHN Glacier. And he's, um, he's seen action against Pakistan in Uri, Akhnur. Um, he was in Baramulla during the Kargil War. And his bio is, you know, I mean, I could spend 20 minutes just discussing his bio. Uh, but he's also a columnist. He's written uh, uh, columns for Mind Makers. And he's written, he's written books. He's an author of uh, two books, um, uh, Oh My Gods and 2611 Unforgiven. So welcome to Mind Podcast, uh, uh, um, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Adit. A pleasure uh, to be here. How? The, the pleasure is ours. So, you know, you have seen uh, combat from very close quarters. You were there on the ground. Um, how, I mean, you know, this India hasn't seen something like that in decades. And this was basically for a people who may not know more than 40 CRPF Javans were martyred in this attack where there was one person who rammed with his SUV with, uh, I think, up to 100 kilos of explosives in his car and he rammed into a truck. There was a convoy going out. And um, as far as we know, for more than 40 people have lost their lives. More than 40 Javans have lost their lives. So how, how, uh, have have we seen such an attack in decades in Jammu and Kashmir, something like this? Well, uh, to be candid, uh, uh, I, this kind of an attack on a th- on such a huge scale hmm. hasn't happened in Kashmir. Yeah, this is one of its kind, and uh, uh, it is very uh, <clears throat> peculiar hmm. of uh, Jaish-e Mohammed. Hmm. Uh, suicide attacks in this uh, in the manner in which they have done. Uh, this is uh, generally uh, not carried out by others, they, they also carry out su- uh, suicide attacks, Correct. but yeah. the manner in which it was done, when a vehicle was loaded with explosives hmm. and rammed into a bus, hmm. uh, this is very, uh, uh, this is specific to uh, Jaish-e Mohammed. Hmm. And, 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 uh, and they have released a video as well, where they've taken responsibility. Yes, 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 there is no doubt about it, hmm. uh, that it is Jaish-e Mohammed which was responsible, oh. backed by Pakistan. I mean, yeah, Masood Masood Azhar, who yes, Masood Azhar, who in a cruel twist of fate was, of course, released during the IC eight one four hijacking, and then um, he, he's in Pakistan. Or see, I read a Times of India report where he was allegedly near a Pakistani ba- uh, army hospital or something, and I was, uh, if that report was true, I was saying that this is consistent. When Osama was in uh, Abbottabad, Pakistan says that they didn't know him, even though he was less than a mile away from the Pakistan military academy. They probably don't know where Masood Azhar is either. In the same vein, well, uh, 
nobody in the world now believes their uh, lies huh. everyone knows about it hmm. everyone is very clear uh, even hmm. their erstwhile friends the united states hmm. trump has uh, president trump has very categorically uh, stated uh, that pakistan is sponsoring terrorists hmm. we are just short of uh, you know declaring pakistan a terrorist state because uh, you know once that happens so all the bridges are burnt huh. you know uh, prob- probably he wants to leave out one small lifeline to uh, for pakistan to hold on to uh, and that too because uh, of the afghanistan pakistan, angle right exactly that is, that is the very uh, important angle hmm. and that has an implication for us as well hmm. so you know before we get into the global and the strategic part let's get to the specific part with what the indian military has faced i mean you know um this was one of the occasions where the you know the because of the pictures that came out people people saw what you guys have seen for years in the field you know the the cruel face of terrorism and when it hits yeah. you that's yeah. what, india has responded in a very unified voice i mean you saw marches <coughs> everywhere and stuff like that so have you seen anything like this because this is for me this was something very unique like the way people so this, have... this is this is uh, this was routine uh, when i was in jammu and kashmir to the scale at which this particular attack has happened is unprecedented hmm. uh, attacks on convoys attacks on uh, 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 on our uh, troops is quite routine in um, in kashmir no. so one has to be very careful and uh, Uh, you, you you no so I, just one thing i wanted to add no i, I was not saying the, i was not saying the attacks are not unique i'm saying the public response how the way india has reacted to when our troops were um, attacked uh, maybe earlier it wasn't as much as the way india has reacted now i meant the common citizens yes that is something very heartening because huh. what has happened is that uh, uh in this attack it has shaken the conscience of uh, of an entire uh, uh, country hmm. uh, of hmm. all the you know uh, right thinking citizens hmm. it has shaken the conscience hmm. that uh, how can such a thing happen hmm. when we are the ones who are uh, you know going out of our way hmm. to help kashmir and kashmiri citizens hmm. if you remember just a couple of days back hmm. there was uh, the uh, children in kashmir in srinagar hmm. they were supposed to go and give an exam in uh, jammu hmm. and uh, they were not able to because uh, it was snowing very heavily hmm. and the road was closed hmm. and indian air force uh, you know lifted these uh, uh, small kids who were about 200 in number hmm. 200 in number these children were lifted by indian air force of hmm. course without any cost hmm. and uh, they were brought to jammu to give their exams hmm. so uh, you know uh, i'm giving you just one example right. otherwise also otherwise hmm. if you see hmm. the amount of money per capita uh, expenditure that the government incurs hmm. for individuals in kashmir hmm. is highest in the country hmm. if you if you analyze the budget expenditure of the government of india hmm. you will see that the maximum amount of money per individual that is spent in any particular state is the highest as far as kashmiris are concerned and then this is what Uh, you know uh, and, and, and you bring up a fascinating point because when we talk about kashmir uh, uh, we always say jammu and kashmir right so technically the state the jammu is being left out here well jammu is uh, you know there are certain uh, 
when you have children hmm. uh, every ch- child is not the same in kashmir also <laughs> yeah yeah in kashmir also jammu has the ability hmm. to stand on its own there is no problem there is no uh, terrorism as such huh. uh, in jammu region right, right. so jammu has the potential to stand on its own and whatever little help it requires that i'm sure the government is giving hmm. but hmm. it is kashmir which is you know uh, where the people are mostly dependent of either on um, uh, on on their farm uh, hmm. farm uh, outputs or uh, tourism right. and third is uh, yeah which which is now taking a hit yeah which is now Yeah I mean you know the the how day to day things you hear but you know what I want to uh, also point out to um, uh, Adil who was the, the suicide bomber right uh, the in the indoctrination and the radicalization of Kashmir has increased so to some insane levels i mean uh, i i uh, we had uh, instances where my um, my own colleague would tell me that when she when she was in the uh, you know my uh, when she was in the kashmir like before the 90s and stuff the radicalization was wasn't as much as it is right now yeah you are right about that you know let me tell you uh, that it is the failure of the political parties of uh, of uh, kashmir mm. and the failure of the central government who have not exactly put a uh, uh, you know uh, barred these uh, huriyat leaders from creating all the problems hmm. now, i'll i'll give you one example i'll hmm. give you one example in hmm. 1965 hmm. operation gibraltar right. was launched by uh, uh, ayub khan in pakistan correct now the the martial law uh, administrator right. so when he launched this operation he sent uh, his own mujahideen who are uh, who uh, went to the kashmiris uh, who spoke to them and asked for help Hmm. and say that we and said that we have come to liberate you guys hmm. in that case you would be surprised these kashmiris the same kashmiris hmm. handed over these people to the indian army can you believe that wow can they were absolutely pro india there was no problem at all hmm. it is just that that we have allowed things to go out of hand hmm. we have uh, you know the huriyat has 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 created havoc with the money that they get from pakistan mm. and they have managed to brainwash large number of people saying that this is uh, you know indian army is an occupation army which it is absolutely not mm. no and also i think the uh, the 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 islamist uh, angle as well where you know you see isis flags being uh, hurled in srinagar you had very barbaric videos of people being killed almost like isis style execution videos those have also increased in kashmir Yes, uh, you're right about that. You know, yeah. when a foreign nation tries to incite insurgency inside your inside your mm-hmm. uh, your territory, mm-hmm. they will use all kinds of uh, all kinds of methods, mm-hmm. be it religious, be it uh, cultural, right. be it whatever they want, whatever means they they feel is is appropriate. Right. They will use all those means to ensure that their message is spread, huh. and uh, to a certain extent, it has helped. Was yeah, an extended help. Right, and and then the the thing is, you know, the excuse that was always given was self determination and stuff like that. And from there, it has now suddenly gone on to this uh, Islamist angle, and which a lot of people always said that this joke called Kashmiriyat was always a euphemism that they use for um, Islam, you know, Islamic thing. And in, otherwise, what explains the exodus of Kashmiri pundits and stuff? So all that is there. But moving forward, what do, what do you see the role? of the indian state should be or the indian uh, you know 
Indian Army? Because right now, Kashmir is in a very precarious situation. Um, how do you think we should approach this now? Now, uh, at this point of time, uh, you know, we are facing two issues. Hmm. One is uh, the problem within Kashmir itself. Hmm. And the second is the problem that we have across the border. Hmm. Now, what is happening is that uh, we are trying to mix the two. Hmm. That is what Pakistan wants. Hmm. We should separate these two things. Hmm. Deal with Pakistan and uh, deal with the Kashmiri uh, sentiment as such hmm. uh, separately. Hmm. You know, uh, we are we are mixing the two things. Uh, hmm. This is what I believe. Hmm. And uh, I'm talking about uh, this in context of uh, the recent uh, calls of revocation of Article 370. Hmm. You know, Article 370, I also believe that Article 370 needs to go. Hmm. But this is the time when we want to punish Pakistan for what it has done. Hmm. Okay. And who can do this? It is the security forces who are in Kashmir. Right. Now, yeah. Now, if we revoke 370 right now, hmm. or you know, we do these two things together, hmm. what will happen in Kashmir? There will be unrest. Hmm. There will definitely be unrest. Okay. And who will be called upon to handle this unrest? The same security forces which are trying to focus their attention on the borders. Hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, so these two things should be uh, uh, should ideally not be done together. Hmm. But uh, I, I leave it to the judgment of the government of India. Sure. What they deem uh, to be fit. Mm. But Article 370 for sure has to go. Mm. But I would prefer it, you know, punish Pakistan right now. Mm. You know, you have to understand that Iran is with you. Mm. Mm. They, have also, they have also suffered a huge uh, uh, loss of life mm. in an attack uh, which has come from, again, from Pakistan. Mm. So uh, Iran is with you. Uh, Afghanistan has always been with you. US has stated that they are also with you. Hmm. So, you know, all three borders, all three neighboring countries of Pakistan are in synchronization. Hmm. They are in sync. Hmm. Their, uh, their aim is, uh, so this synergy has to be, has to be utilized to inflict damage on Pakistan, which once it is subjugated and made to feel, made to, you know, feel the pain, the hmm. damage once it is caused, after that, revoke article 370 no and this you know, is because this is kind of an incredible feat of indian diplomacy that us and iran are locked in a very intense battle right now between each other but when it comes to this both of them are standing by india yeah thankfully thankfully ha, which, thankfully. Is, which is uh, which is very fortunate for us because you understand you have to see that pakistan um, uh, is um, at the moment helping us in talks with taliban yeah. so uh, you have to under, uh, appreciate that once us leaves afghanistan hmm. taliban taliban is going to take over and it will be uh, uh, pakistan playing uh, merry hell in that territory hmm. Hmm. so 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 it is good for us that you know the us stays for a longer duration hmm. so that ta- taliban is 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 taken care of in fact what was interesting i thought was that the indian joint parliamentary committee did not call a pak based terror group but the us statement <laughs> mentioned the pakistan based terror group you, you uh, uh, that was possibly you know once you make a statement and name pakistan yeah you know then you are openly calling for war Yeah. So you you understand? Ha, huh, I know, I know. You understand? But I was I thought uh, that was very interesting that the US cable came out phrased like this. So 
No, agree. That is that is fine. That is, uh, I believe, uh, everybody understands what across the border is. Naming Pakistan, uh, once you name it, then mm. you mean that uh, you're very clear that you now want to go to war. Mm. Which, at this point of time, I am saying that it is. It need not be a full fledged. Huh. Huh. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it need not be a full fledged war. It could be a sub-conventional or semi-conventional operations on on the borders, on on all three borders. If you see, mm. on, on all three borders of of Pakistan. Mm. So this is something which is which is entirely possible. And Pakistan, I am sure, understands this. And uh, uh, Sushma Suraj was there in Iran uh, a right. couple of days back. Right. Yeah, that uh, she was not there for chai coffee. She was there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, no question uh, about it. No, and 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 what is um, what is interesting is that this usually you have the Pakistani typical response saying, "Oh, non-state actors." This 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 time, Imran Khan and that uh, I forget Shah Mahmood Qureshi or something. They have not even tried to make a pretense of this. You know. No. Uh, well, uh, they have all they have said is the usual thing that shows the proof and all that. But uh, their words don't count. In fact, these people only don't count uh, Imran Khan and uh, Shah Mahmood Qureshi. Their red doesn't run beyond their offices where they are operating from. (laughs) That's probably true. They probably can't even appoint their own secretaries, I think. Possibly. Uh, Everything is done at the behest of General Bajwa. That uh, it is Ford which is controlling everything. Hmm. And, uh, you know, one is... uh, uh, um, one should not give any credence to what. Uh, no, that 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 essentially is the that essentially is the difference between India and Pakistan, right? I mean, you have yeah. amazing experience, like incredible experience on Kashmir. You know the region. Yet you gave your suggestion and said you leave it to the wisdom of government of India to take a call, right? And then in Pakistan, you have completely else. So that is why what Amrinder Singh said in the Punjab Assembly was very significant. Very attacked General Bajwa. Absolutely, you know, a forgy. Uh, that is the way a forge is supposed to function. Right. It is. It is supposed to be subservient to the civilian government in place. Mm. It is supposed to do. It is supposed to protect the country, mm. but will not. Should not initiate actions on its own. Mm. It has to. You know, the civilian government has to be in control. There is no doubt about it. Mm. If you if you remember, mm. uh, if you remember. In 1975, mm. uh, the chief of army staff uh, was uh, General Rena, mm. and uh, uh, when Indira Gandhi imposed emergency and asked for army's help, mm. you know he, he he very clearly he said no. This is something which which uh, my this thing does not uh, permit. You have suspended the constitution. Mm. Y- you understand. Mm. So mm. once the constitution is suspended, mm. then uh, you know. Uh, Entire thing is changes, yeah. and uh, he refused. That's that's so right. it has to be yeah. No, that that's the incredible part about the Indian Army. I mean, you know, <laughs> there are so many such amazing. Uh, instances that need to come out and stuff and I, I almost feel like now since the Indian public is being more aware of what the army Indian army has uh, done I mean you know I think people people talk about Pakistan we sometimes forget what the Indian army has even done in the northeast it's you know yeah, it's yeah. amazing so yeah. more such stories so I'm going to take a two second break right now and then uh, we'll be back and we'll wrap up the discussion so um, to wrap up this part of the discussion, uh, you know, you you mentioned, um, uh, Lashmikant Jaitley, you mentioned about the 
the small warfare and stuff like that but we are dealing with a nuclear uh, nuclear power right uh, in our neighborhood with a very who has a very unstable uh, top so how do you how do we cope up with that do we is that something india needs to take into account and if so like how do we how do we deal with it well that's a very relevant question which uh, i think a lot of countrymen are asking mm. well what i what i what i believe the government might might do is, is something like a semi conventional uh, operations which will not be a full scale war mm. okay uh, so but if it is not a full scale war then the nuclear option uh, nuclear question doesn't arise in the first place mm. that is number 1 mm. number 2 i think the indians uh, we need to be absolutely uh, take it easy as far as the nuclear option is concerned mm. because it's a bluff it's mm. a complete bluff mm. why do i say this i say this because uh, the nuclear option is not in the hands of uh, the civilian government mm. it is in the hands of general bajwa and the other generals mm. uh, there is there should not be any doubt about this in anybody's mind mm. right secondly what you also have to understand that the entire pakistan economy mm. out of uh, 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 the gdp of about uh, 300 or billion mm. the pakistan army and its generals control 10% of the gdp mm. directly which is a very important thing to for us to consider mm-hmm. why am i saying this because what happens is that when once these generals uh, once you uh, an officer becomes a general mm-hmm. he is sent as uh, you know chairman of some uh, airlines mm-hmm. or organizations transport mm-hmm. companies acha uh, if, if you can add, if you can resume uh, that so uh, no, no if you can repeat that point about the chairman because i lost you for 20, uh, 5 seconds there so ha huh. yeah so what i'm saying is that these once this officers become we are rise to the rank of a general hmm. they are sent as chairman and presidents of uh, corporations hmm. which is controlled by forge hmm. uh, these corporations could be textile uh, manufacturing units these could be steel manufacturing units hmm. these could be transport companies these could be radio stations these could be manufacturing biscuits and soda and cakes hmm. uh, so what i'm saying is that uh, once these generals uh, you know they get uh, they are placed in such uh, such positions they get used to this uh, lifestyle and you know uh, while there's nothing wrong in making biscuits and, and soda hmm. well the fact is that the forgies don't do it so <laughs> it is not the job it is not the job of forge to do it so what has happened is that these senior generals have become basically become businessmen ha huh. officers are working their uh, you know uh, are working hard just to become a general mm. so that they can get sit in the chair of any uh, uh, you know these corporations and enjoy the perks for their lives mm. not just the serving generals even the retired generals they sit on these uh, uh, boards and and uh, these corporations mm. so what i'm saying is that all 
they put their all their life's hard work mm. into that rank mm. and once they reach that rank their life is you know it's at a different level mm. and they are rest assured for of a good life for all their for the rest of their life and as well as uh, their their uh, uh, children mm. so okay so now once once that happens mm. you see if they use a nuclear option and we will retaliate very strongly there should not be any doubt about that mm. all their life's hard work of not just the uh, serving generals the retired generals everybody's life work will go up in a jiffy mm. okay they will not compromise on their uh, you know hard earned effort of last so many years which they have tried and uh, uh, once they reach this uh, uh, this level of a general mm. they are unlikely to you know get do anything stupid mm. uh, which will uh, invite such harsh retaliation mm. so uh, this nuclear option that they talk about is a complete bluff mm. uh, it is it is one and it's high time uh, we call it uh, at this point of time we don't really need to push the ha no no but i'm saying that we need to do what we do on small scale intensity without really worrying about this option yeah we we need to we need to carry on with what we have to do huh. do karna hai wo karna hai karna hai correct so before before we that's a good line to end this part of the discussion before we end you've written two bo- i mean you've written one book and the other one is coming out right um it's we had a launch and stuff and then uh, more people are going to be getting it on kindle and stuff and the first yeah. book was the oh my god's book which was on set in the jnu and yep, yep. and which talks about the sloganeering and you know it was a fast paced thriller and it's almost like uh, what is happening right now is a mixture of your first and second book because the second book talks about the 2611 and a person vikrant is out to avenge that uh, and it's what 10 and a half years since 2611 right now and we are still seeing terrorism coming from across the border but then we also saw these rumor rumors of kashmiri students being targeted which turned out to be false so the, it's it's like that's true and and it's almost like that was brought up to divert the main attention that uh, from the main attention or divert us from the main thing of the localized support that these guys are getting in kashmir and stuff like that i feel so how would your books like what do what should our readers expect from the books first of all yeah the book is very clear it has uh, the it, it talks about you know ending some wars hmm. and giving a befitting reply hmm. to pakistan uh, which we did not in uh, the case of 2611 right if you remember 2611 uh, we uh, had dossiers <laughs> we we got sucked into uh, diplomacy hmm. which you know uh, justice actually should have flown out out of our barrel of our guns hmm. Hmm. but but we failed completely Hmm. we uh, we we were exchange, exchanging those years i mean in for what purpose yeah. i mean indian don't we know that pakistan uh, government is involved pakistan army is involved in all this what purpose does these uh, you need to give a befitting reply which yeah. we did not in 2611 which is why pakistan keeps on attacking us one after another one after another if you remember after surgical strikes of 2016 hmm. for two years we had relative peace hmm. for two years it was rel- relative peace for uh, in the hinterland i wouldn't say at the borders borders things keep uh, happening 
But mm. in the hinterland, there were no terrorist attacks. Mm. However, this one again has happened, and now it needs to be punished so severely mm. that we have some peace before uh, you know uh, Pakistan takes it as our weakness. Right. Uh, and this is this is exactly what is happening. You know, uh, there is a difference between stopping our wars and mm. ending a war. Mm. You know, we have fought Pakistan four wars mm. uh, with Pakistan, uh, and each time we have stopped it in the middle. Mm. We did not complete the war, and ironically, we completed the war on our uh, eastern borders for Bangladesh. Right. But we did not complete our own war for on the western borders. Mm. Um, you see. Right. You know, it's, it's a slogan for Kashmir that uh, Sunanda often used where she said that uh, peace is a condition in Kashmir between two wars. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, <laughs> the point is that these wars are happening over and over and over Correct. again because we have not completed the war. No, and the bleed, bleed India with a thousand cuts strategy is still being deployed with small scale things going here and there, you know, rather than a big... Um, absolutely, absolutely. So, this is yeah. all that thing. Right. So I think India does need to give a reply and your book, please, I would recommend, please read the book. Um, see what uh, uh, Lefnikana Jaitley has to write. But um, if if before, and, and, and I know we usually do recommendations, but I guess on this occasion, I would just... I would just recommend um, this. And one thing before I before I end, I had to make a point. I saw a lot of people. I know the movie Uri was a big hit, and you know how's the Josh was trending. I saw a lot of people making fun of that slogan and you know using it. Don't do that. That slogan was used by. It was a fictionalized slogan. Slogan used by the military for a very special moment or a very uh, to celebrate an achievement or celebrate India's response to that. So you know if you don't like it. Say that you don't like it, but don't don't make a mockery of that. It's just sad to use these occasions to do that. But before we end, any closing comments you had, uh, sir? Yeah, um, uh, you know these uh, these slogans actually. Uh, the Indian Army works on emotions. You have to understand that. Right. You have to understand uh, that these emotions are very uh, uh, strong in the Indian Army, mm. and uh, stuff like Bharat Mata Ki Jai and. Uh, Vande Matram, these, these slogans have immense, immense value for uh, a soldier. And, uh, you know, anybody making fun of these, uh, how's the Josh and uh, these kind of slogans uh, is actually, uh, you know, uh, ridiculing the forces. Absolutely. And, and this is coming from somebody who served there, who's seen more than we've ever seen in battlefield. So guys, you know, spare a thought before you just shoot your mouths off and you know uh, make fun of this so uh, thank you so much Lieutenant Colonel Jaitley for joining us I mean uh, it's been a fascinating discussion we hope to have you more on Mind Podcast I think we should continue the discussion and absolutely absolutely and see what happens and before you go I think you know I, I have to mention this like uh, as we were recording we just got information about four uh, four soldiers being martyred in an encounter going on in Pulwama by the time this podcast is up you're going to find news about that it's too early for us to comment but we pray for the, uh, we pray for their families and you know this is the essence of the indian army we they keep the soldier keeps fighting on and on and on to keep india safe so before you guys go to sleep wherever you are spare a thought for the soldiers and their families thank you so much sir for joining thank us you. on this podcast thank you thank you so much yeah, thank you absolutely thank you.